doing in my library we would just we were it was uh reading reading we were just reading just reading reading what could you possibly read like that um books welcome to the nerd blitz book club pull up a seat and pull down your pants Listen to us read and go on rants. Hey gang, thanks for joining us this week for the Nerd Blitz Book Club. I am Doom. And I'm Fitz. Yes, and what the fuck, man? What the what the fuck? What do you mean, what the fuck? This might actually be the best week of this book. Yep, I would have to agree. And I barely remember the first story, but the second one was so good that this has got to be the best week. I barely remember the first story, too, but that's only because I read it over a week ago. Yeah. But... Based on my preliminary numbers, and I do remember digging it, this is our best week yet. Yeah. As per usual this series, we're back with Shadows Over Baker Street, Streak? Mm. Street Gang, and this week's two stories are The Mystery of the Worm by John Pellin, maybe? Yeah, I think so. One of the uh, editors of this anthological volume. And the other story is The Mystery of the Hanged Man's Puzzle by Paul Finch. Yeah, or Puzzle. Yeah, if you want to be fucking plain Jane. Yeah. I'm trying to real quick look through this again so I can remember the first story. Mm-hmm. I liked it too, but I don't really remember it. Have you flipped through it a little bit to try and refresh? Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm yeah. You just fucking cleared this from your memory banks as soon as you got to the one you liked, huh? Well, I mean, kind of. Actually, you know, it, it's almost like this one blended in just a little bit with the next one in my head. It kind of did. The only thing that was different was the style of storytelling. Right. Oh, okay. Now I remember what this one was. Okay. Okay, good. Refresh my memory. Okay, so the mystery of the worm. You can cut out all that shit where, like, I don't know, something happened, I would assume, but... yeah. <laughs> okay, so this one, The Mystery of the Worm, the first one we're going to talk about, Holmes and Watson are chilling out, and uh, Watson's reading some lurid, shocking, true crime book or some shit, indulging in the in his weakness for the sensational with Dick Donovan's latest mystery novel. I do remember Watson reading a mystery novel. Yeah, and he, he knows this guy, this author. Yeah, and he kind of points out, though, that given his work, his business, or his line of work with Holmes, it's kind of a little bit cornball or whatever but he still likes it yeah 
he know he knew him from this club and he mentions how he always has to be careful what he says so nothing from one of Holmes's cases ends up in his lurid paperback novels or whatever yep so anyway they were just like chilling out he was reading some fancy dancy thing and Watson's reading some fucking trashy novel well you say it like that it sounds like a come fuck me book well no like that day's version of a pulp novel I guess there you go that works Somebody shows up and has a mystery for them, and it's this big, huge dude, and he gives him a card that says he's an entomologist, dudes that study bugs, and uh, he, like, gives him this big, long story about shit and gives him a... <laughs> well, he does. <laughs> he does. He does. He, he tells him a tale and, and... So I had the biggest burrito of my life, all right? Yeah. And then the following day, dude, it was like my fucking arm. And I don't mean just, like, forearm. I mean, like, from fingertip to shoulder okay not that kind of a story about shit oh okay sorry i broke the bowl but he's he's got he's got three items to show him too he's got dick left and right ball (laughs) oh yeah well the first was a cylinder but no he's got a metal cylinder with these crazy writings on it (laughs) he unzips he's like you ever seen one like this and holmes is like whoa dude (laughs) and then uh the next thing was a stone that was carved to look like a starfish (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> and it's described as chocolatey uh-huh and, and then uh, the third was a vial of a white viscous fluid <laughs> no the, the third item was uh actually was a vial but it had this creepy weird worm in it like an inch long weird centipede with big huge mandible pincers okay and uh some boring shit happened in the end. Now on to the hangman's puzzle. <laughs> no, but the thing was, the Holmes like had already deduced that this guy was full of shit, and he was no entomologist. And so he turned him away. He was like, get the fuck out yeah. of here. And the guy was like super pissed, because he basically was calling him a liar. Mm-hmm. And not long after that, no motherfucker shows up. somebody else shows up, and it's the real client. He had yeah. sent his bodyguard in to test Holmes, I guess. Yeah, to test and see if he was as good as everybody says. Right. And so he had already figured out that the guy that he sent in originally was like, this guy's got a thick wrist from sword fighting and he carries a sword on him. And Watson's like, how the hell could he have had a sword on him? Well, it's because it was hidden in his cane. Which that was what I liked. I liked seeing sherlock break down all this shit and they're going through it too and he's like well watson you're supposed to have been paying attention for the last decade and watson's like yeah but you're pulling shit out of the air dude and he's like no i'm not just fucking pay attention yeah he's got a fucking he walks weird protecting his one side like a fucking sword fighter that cane he doesn't need that fucking cane it's got a blade in it. and he's like how do you know and he's like Dude. Because uh, I've seen him before, he says. But I did like the breakdown that Holmes gives Watson. He's like, are you fucking... I, I was looking at him, too. He's mm-hmm. like, not closely enough, motherfucker. Yep. So the next guy that comes in is that guy's boss. He's the guy who's actually trying to solve this mystery of these items that they found. Mm-hmm. His name is, what, Nicola? Apparently, he's, like, really old, but he still looks young because somehow he's was given some kind of herbs from some Chinese herbalist dude that like makes people live forever or live a long time. And so his whole deal is he's trying to reverse engineer the KFC secret recipe for this everlasting or this uh, fountain of youth or whatever that this guy had given him. 
<laughs> I thought you were going to say for this everlasting gobstopper. It's like, dude, you were fucking up all your pop culture shit. No. And I think there was a talking dog and a dude with an S on his chest and a red cape. And mm -hmm. Yeah, and apparently the Holmes knows of this guy, and he's apparently like a fucking savage. He like dissects humans and shit, does like really fucked up experiments. So he, he explains to him how they found those three items and where they found them. And basically they found them while looking for the source of that fountain of youth thing that the he calls it the elixir vitae yeah which wasn't that referenced in the neil gaiman story oh i done purge that victor's shit, vitae or something um maybe like i said i purged that but i'll look yeah. real quick at the ads in that so anyway they they were in egypt looking for the source of this elixir he says they ran into a sandstorm and got blown off their course and they ended up in this fucking lost city Yes, it was Victor's Vitae. Yeah, they found this lost city that was mostly buried, and there were these pillars, and on top of the pillars were these starfish carving things, and they were, like, bolted to the top of the thing so they couldn't be removed. Then they set up camp, and then one of their guides, or they called them bearers, I guess the people that carry their fucking bags and shit, mm -hmm. in the night must have went and tried to pry one of those starfish things off of the pillar. I guess uh, Nicola and his bodyguard dude... <laughs> they went and pitched a tent away from the main camp. <laughs> I guess they did some Brokeback Mountain shit. I don't know. I, I, my dear boy, I wish I could quit That's you. That's my only guess as to why. Anyway, in the middle of the night, there was a, a ruckus coming from the main camp. And Just wait until you're finished. We'll go look. <laughs> well, apparently, one of the bears had pried one of the starfish things off and... And <laughs> was fucking it. There was some noise, like a big swarm of bees and like... There was nothing left of the fucking camp. So basically, he figured out that... Uh, Rock starfish is bad. Holmes was like, yeah, no shit, stupid. Did you put it back? Huh? So Holmes figured out that the metal cylinder mm -hmm. is a way to communicate with some far-off alien presence or some shit. Interdimensional beings, in point of fact. Yeah, and then the, the starfish things, they interfere with the signal. So when they moved the starfish thing, then the metal rod could contact this alien presence and the alien, whatever it was, came and fucked them all up. Mm -hmm. And so Nicola's convinced that that's where this guy got this secret to everlasting life, the secret to everlasting gobstoppers. They're calling Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah, it's through this being on the other side or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. he asked Holmes and Watson to come to his warehouse later because they're going to do an experiment where they try to... This was fucked up. Yeah. They go into the warehouse and he's not there yet. And mm -hmm. they see all like the fucking remains of his experiments and all that crazy. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Like the covered up bodies of the people he's dismembered and... And not just that though. It's because spoilers, it's a fucking trap. Well, yeah. Yeah, that was fucked up was they're in there and... Oh yeah, he had built a clockwork man. So there was like a clockwork robot type dude in there. Mm -hmm. And his whole purpose was to remove the starfish from the metal rod. So they go through this whole elaborate thing of watching this guy turn on and like start to move like a Rube Goldberg machine where he like moves the starfish from the thing. And Holmes is like, oh, shit, we're fucked. We best be running. Yeah, they start running. They try to get the bodyguard guy to run. And he wouldn't do it because he wants to see what's going to happen. Holmes and Watson get outside just as the fucking warehouse gets, like, consumed by this, you know, whatever tornado of whatever the fuck 
cosmic energy. It was a trap. Nikola had set them up to be the guinea pigs. He had rigged that robot to trigger the, the event to happen. That was pretty clever. And fucked up. It was a pretty clever description of Holmes figuring it out at the last second. Mm-hmm. So then they never found that Nikola guy again. They went back into the warehouse after everything calmed down. Yeah. And the bodyguard guy was still there but he was like a vegetable or like a fucking lunatic yeah wasn't he fucking rambling some kind of made up bullshit language he died a few months later in a sanitarium or something Mm -hmm. but Holmes like collected the metal cylinder and the starfish to keep him safe that was pretty much it right yeah he keeps them in a box under his bed or something. And Watson at the beginning and at the end is like, I don't know what the fuck happened, really. There's mm-hmm. some spooky shit that happened that I try not to talk about too much. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. So, yeah, it was kind of... It felt like a perfect Sherlock Holmes story, though. Yeah. With a little twist to it. That's why I liked it so much. Yeah. Well, that's why I liked the second one, too. It was a very good home story but with the twist to it but anyway but back to this one for now before we get into the other one the one question i had that i don't remember ever being answered was what the fuck was the deal with the worm um well see my guess was that the worm came through whatever portal or whatever okay or maybe it was an appendage off of some old gaudy motherfucker yeah i don't know they never really said they just said it's the mystery of the worm or whatever yeah and they never actually solved that part yeah no it's kind of like how fucking the harry potter books it's like harry potter and the goblet of fire it's like the fucking goblet of fire is an incidental fucking object the real thing is like fucking when he gets into the graveyard and voldemort's killing people that's the real problem right so yeah it's only kind of tangentially tied to it like i said i think that might be like some otherworldly critter coming through the fucking yeah i mean that's the only thing i could think of too was it it's um yeah but this is the type of story that i expected yeah this book to be where it's fucking setup is the same watson's the narrator and he's like look some fucked up shit went down come on i'll tell you about it yeah a lot of the other ones in here haven't done that and yeah oh god it was so good and then it felt really pure sherlock in that way and then sherlock being like you didn't fucking see that look this 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 and this mm-hmm. and watson being like holy fuck and i've been trained in this shit for a couple years that also felt pure sherlock yeah so yeah this one had me like fuck yeah son shit's mm-hmm. getting good again for a minute uh-oh the next one's probably gonna suck yeah, that's what I thought, too. I was like, oh, man. And then I looked, read the title of the next one. I'm like, The Mystery of the Hanged Man's Puzzle. Oh, okay. But holy shit, dude, this story is good. Yeah. I mean, I went into it like, fucking, okay. Yeah, I tried, told you. I was like, this could be the best fucking story in the whole book. And you're like, oh, well, I'm only a few pages in, and I'm not feeling it. Yeah, I was like five pages in when you said that, and I was like, all right. Because it does mm-hmm. start off slow, and it Kinda. doesn't have the thing that I wanted from all of these stories, where it's Watson fucking explaining shit. You've got an omniscient narrator, and that, to me, just doesn't feel right for a home right. story. Yeah, that's why I said this one felt, like, very cinematic. Mm-hmm. Like, this almost, I could see them doing something like this, like, with the RDJ movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like adapting this into a film somehow. This is the first one that really leaned into the H.P. Lovecraft of it all, because that's what it felt like with the narration. Mm, Like somebody who witnessed this, but, you know, they never really interacted with is almost how it felt. Yeah. And yeah, I kind of dug that too. So it was a flip of what I expected, but it still worked, you know? Mm -hmm. Because, like I said, I was expecting Watson to be our narrator the whole time, and then they'd be like, and then here's Cthulhu! 
Yeah. Well, and this one takes so many turns, too. There's yeah. so many parts where you think, well, this is what the story's going to be about. And then it mm -hmm. takes a turn, and they keep stringing all these events together, or all these new adversaries, yeah. I guess, kind of. So it's it really is them like discovering as you're discovering, you know, each new piece of information. And what was cool, too, is that they got the fuck out of the apartment. Yeah, right. It, that's what I mean. This was like an adventure. This wasn't just yeah. like a one room play. These motherfuckers, they did some traveling this time around. Yeah, way around, over, under, and through. Uh, Yeah. So this one, the mystery of the hangman's puzzle, it starts out. That's what was cool about this one, too, I think, was the historical descriptions, you know, of places and things. And it really made you feel or be interested in like, man, that's fucked up. That's how it was. So it starts off. They take an interview in a jail cell, I guess, with this convicted killer. Who's and fucking crazy. Who's fucking crazy. And you don't know until the very end of the little section was that. They're literally sitting in the cell where they're going to take him from that cell to be hung. The noose room is like right next door, mm -hmm. which was when they revealed that it was like, oh, that's creepy as shit. But, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, in a way, it, the way that it's creepy and unsettling like that, it does remind me of the engineer's thumb because that oh, one yeah. felt uncomfortable. And there's a lot of things in this story that are real uncomfortable. Yeah. Like the back of a Volkswagen. That works, too. Yeah. So the, this guy asked for them specifically, right? And this is a notorious killer that's been all in the papers and stuff. He apparently murdered this a scientist, right? Yeah. Yeah, he murdered this scientist and his daughter and then, like, set the house on fire and just crazy shit, right? Yeah, like, fucking, he shot the dude. Then he's like, no, nah, that ain't good enough. Shot the kid or whatever. And he's mm -hmm. like, no, nah, that ain't good enough. Then he lights the place on fire and he's like, I guess that'll do. Yeah. Anyway, they're getting ready to execute him, and they he called for Holmes and Watson, and he tells them that there's going to be this great calamity, and they need to solve this mystery, and here's the one clue he gives them or whatever, and it's a piece of paper with some lines drawn on it. And that was cool, too, because that was a long fucking con. Oh, yeah, it was, to, before they realized what that was. Well, that and just what he was doing. He could have just been like, look, you need to go here. You need right. to do this, but he's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to make you work for it because when you work for it, it'll be an even bigger fuck you. Yeah. So I dug that part too. Yeah, that was cool. This guy was only in it for just like a page and a half, but, mm -hmm. or a couple pages, but it was pretty cool. He reminded me of, like, I, I imagined him almost like a, like Brad Dourif. Do you remember that? It's, it actually reminded me of the X-Files. Do you remember the X-Files where he was the guy on death row, Brad Dourif, the dude that did Chucky? Yeah. Fucking Grimma from Lord of the Rings. He was the dude on death row, and he claimed he could talk to Scully's dead father. <sighs> it was a, I don't know, season two or three, maybe. Yeah, I don't remember that. But this kind of reminded me of that, like them going to have this meeting with the guy on death row and him having some sort of information or, or something that they want him to not be killed or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or some kind of con to get out of being killed. You know what else this kind of reminds me of? Now that you mentioned that, it reminded me of, I think it was the second RDJ Sherlock Holmes movie. Oh, really? I think Mark Strong played Moriarty. Okay. And he's in prison and he's like, I want to see Sherlock one more time. So they talk mm -hmm. and then he gets fucking hung. Oh. And somehow he still, I don't know why I didn't fucking think of it because it's kind of the 
exact setup. It's different paths after that. But he gets hung, and somehow somebody's still fucking with shit, and they're like, all signs point to Moriarty. But the motherfucker's dead. Mm. Oh, so he had, like, set up some elaborate thing for after his death? Um... Maybe. No spoilers. Sort of, yeah. But yeah, the setup is pretty much the same where he's like, I'm about to die, but I just want you to know some shit's going down and you're mm-hmm. going to have to fucking deal with it. All right, I'm out. Hmm. So, yeah. So anyway, they give him this piece of paper and then they leave. And then when they're walking out, they can see like down the hall or, you know, in the doorway next to where they just came out of is like the room where the guys are hanging the noose up. It was just creepy as fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. So they kind of tell Lestrade about this crazy guy and the shit that he's talking about this guy's name was jobson so they kind of go on to explain what we already said like he killed the scientist and his daughter and yeah he so he spends a while engrossed in this puzzle trying to figure out what this guy is trying to tell them what kind of what calamity is going to happen what are they trying to be what are they supposed to be looking for yeah they decide to go check out where he lived to see if there's any clues there so they go to this fucking super shitty area of Whitechapel. This was fucking creepy as shit, too. Uh, yeah, this was creepy as shit, too, because they, they invoke uh, Jack the Ripper, don't they? Yes. Because they're like, that only happened 10 years ago or something like yeah. that, and it's like this area. It's just a fucking slum. Which, um, I mean, for anybody that doesn't know, that's what Jack the Ripper's thing was. He went to, like, the shitty part of town and was killing hookers and whatnot. Right. Just the way they, that he describes this area and stuff yeah. is like, oh, God, make my skin crawl. Yeah, because it's not like now where it's like the shitty part of town where it's, you see houses with trees growing through them or some shit. It's like fucking mud-covered streets. Yeah, mud and animal shit. Yeah, everywhere. Shit. So it's like, imagine the shittiest neighborhood you can think of and then add shit on top of and it. people like literally setting up like a lean-to against a building and like that's their house. Mm-hmm. You know, like a tarp to sleep under. Yeah. So they're they're checking stuff out. They don't really find anything, but they realize somebody's following them. And so they do this little nice bit of leading this guy on a wild goose chase, kind of just going in circles. Okay. Was that after the fucking moss-covered motherfucker? Because when they went into one of the buildings, there was a right. I think that was. Shit. Oh no, that was this was before. This was oh, okay. before they ended Spoilers. up leading this guy into a blind alley and and getting the drop on him. And figuring out that this guy was had been following them all day. And didn't he have like a green bowler or something? I don't know if it was green, but he had yeah, he had like a bowler hat. Yeah. And Holmes spotted him following them because it's like, who the fuck in this shithole part of town is wearing a bowler hat, dude? Well, yeah, plus he could hear the, he had a loose nail in his shoe. Yeah. And it was clicking on the cobblestones or whatever. And that's why he kept walking in circles. Yeah, to see if the fucker was following He kept him. making left turns. Then Watson's like, hey, you know, we're, we're back where we were, right? And we're just going in a circle. And he's like, yeah, I know. Do you hear the guy following us? And he's like, no. And he's like, listen for that clicking. And he's like, oh, yeah, I do hear that now. And he goes, yeah, if he wasn't following us, would he have gone in a total fucking circle (laughs) and keep going the same way we're going in another circle? Mm. And he's like, oh, good point. Oh, shit, you do smart stuff. Yeah. So they got the drop on him or tried to figure out who sent him. And he wouldn't tell him, obviously, and he ends up getting away. But they had a hold of his coat, and he slipped out of his coat or something. That's how he got away. They went down an alley. He followed him. They got the jump on him, and they started trying to fucking get information out of him. He wriggled away, and when he left, he left his coat. Well, they searched his coat, and it had a little fucking card that was like, this motherfucker, go there. Yeah, it had two names on this card. One was Sherlock with his address, yeah. and the other one was this other guy with his address. So the guy had been following two people that day. And they didn't know why, and they went to the other address to see if they could find some connection. Right, they went to the next the address on the card, and that's where they found this dude that was 
comes stumbling out of the one of the rooms and he's covered in barnacles and fucking moss and shit. And yeah. he's like all crazy, creepy fucking swamp thing. Exactly, yeah. And then he just drops dead. Which was fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the description of this guy was crazy too. Like the moss, the seaweed hanging from his face and his mouth and fucking barnacles on his forehead and shit. And like starfishes like mm. attached to his face and like covered in all kinds of fucking weird mollusks and shit. It kind of reminded me of Bootstrap Bill from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Right. But like creepier. Right. It was awesome. And Watson's looking at him. He's like, Holmes, like, what What do you think it is? He's like, I don't know, something like a fungal infection. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, I don't think so, but. He spent too much time with the hookers that Jack the Ripper didn't kill. I guess so. <laughs> but they searched his house and they figured out that he had been a carter, a carter. I mean, I guess that's somebody who just drives a wagon. Uh, sure. Like a delivery man. Pizza boy. Yeah. And they find a list of his invoices. I guess, where he's been delivering stuff. So they went to the the one that was the latest delivery. They go in as like a tea shop or something, right? A tea distributor, tea wholesaler, I guess. It's like fucking Gloria Jeans in the mall. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. They meet the owner, and he's got a real waxy pallor, like a grin that's just frozen in place, like his face doesn't change, like he's had too much Botox. Joan Rivers? Yeah, they talked to this guy. His name was Roehampton, some kind of doctor. The fucking names they got in this book, dude. I know, it's crazy. Like, hey, Carstairs Roehampton. Mm-hmm. Like, the fuck did you call me? Did you insult <laughs> me? Yep. Oh, actually, they went and they talked to the harbor master or whatever to see what this guy delivered last, what shipment he picked up. And it, it wasn't a shipment, really. It was people. Yeah. It was people all wrapped up in bandages and shit. And the guy was like, yeah, I think this dude's like a doctor or something. These must have been his patients. Well, I think, didn't they lie to the dude? And they were like, uh, can we check your shit to see if something, you know, funky might have been shipped in? And he's like, sure. Mm, yeah, I don't remember that part. Oh, maybe I made it up. I don't know. Could be. But yeah, I thought he did. But yeah, anyway, they go from there to this Roehampton's tea place. Maybe that's where they were like, let us check your shit. Yeah. I'll be honest. I read this like a motherfucker on Friday because I thought we were going to record yesterday. And then since we didn't record yesterday, I was like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. I guess I'll read another fucking three short stories in my other book. And then it's kind of all got mixed together. So if I start talking about laser pistols at one point, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, but anyway, they they go and they talk to this guy and they feed him this line of bullshit of they're investigating a theft in a shipment and they're trying to make sure that everything that he ordered got delivered. And That's what I was talking about, yeah. Yeah, but it was all just a ruse to see, to figure out what it was that he was, that he had shipped. But they figured, Holmes deduced that this guy's tea shop office or whatever is just like a cover for something else because he's like, there's no work that's ever been done in this place because like the ink blotter on the clerk's desk had no ink on it and the guy who was supposed to be the clerk looked like some kind of fucking longshoreman. But they did get an address out of this guy. He said, he gave him the address of... Gave him the address and was like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, it was an associate of his, he said, that received the shipment. Yeah. And so they're like, can we go talk to that dude so we know we can figure out whether the shipment was tampered with? And he's like, oh, sure. And Go ahead. Yeah, so he gave him that, <laughs> this, this guy's address, and they go there to interview this Obed Marsh. Again, the fucking names. Dude. Uh-huh. However, they go back to, like, a real fucking shithole where this guy supposedly lives. Because the, this guy's supposed to be, like, a botanist, and they're like, there's no way a fucking botanist lives in this shithole. They kind of hide for a minute, and sure enough, like a 
like a stagecoach or a, a handsome cab or something pulls up and like a fucking gun barrel, like a Gatling gun points out yeah. of the window down the alley where they were supposed to be going to the look. The dude with the bowler hat shows up and he's standing there looking all fucking freaky and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And like, wait a minute. And then the cab pulls up and the Gatling gun pops out and fucking Watson's like, dude. And Holmes <laughs> like, calm your tits. He's like, told you so. But yeah, so basically it's a trap. Make a trap. Yeah, they were expecting them to be walking up that alley to get to the address that that guy gave them, and the guy was just going to fucking light him up with that Gatling gun. Mm-hmm. But then they never showed up, and the guys were like, hmm, okay. And so Holmes is like, well, let's see what happens now. And he pulls a fucking police whistle out of his pocket, and he fucking blows his rape whistle, and the, peop- the <laughs> criminals, like, freak out, and they're like, they take off because they think the cops are coming. Start screaming, I need an adult! I need an adult! Mm. And then the guy who had been following them earlier, who's one of their associates, obviously, he couldn't get in the cab fast enough, so he got left behind. Mm. So then they start fucking chasing this guy again, and they chase him all over the motherfucking place, and they end up in the underground... Down in the tube. Yeah, but it's not even the tube yet. It's literally like his fucking steam engines and shit down there, which I thought was pretty fucking cool and pretty interesting. And he jumps down on the track, and they have to chase him like Ghostbusters up the fucking track. They eventually figure out that he went down a fucking sewer grate. Down into the poo. Down into the actual fucking shit. Like the fucking raw sewage sewer. Like fucking logs about the size of your arm, and I'm not talking like forearm, I'm talking like fingertip to shoulder. Yeah. That's a callback. Yeah, and Watson's like, oh, we can't go down there. Are you fucking crazy? We need, like, a fucking suit and, like, some fucking, like, a mask and gloves and shit. And galoshes. And, and galoshes and shit. Shouldn't somebody tell Lestrade and... Uh, I just bought these shoes. Holmes guilts him into going with them, so they go down in the fucking sewers, and then there's, like, a whole adventure down in the sewers where they're... Hopping gators. And- yeah. That's when he realizes that piece of paper that the hanged man drew those lines on. The lines were fucking, were the sewers. Yeah, it was a fucking map. Yeah. On one side of the drawing, the line was the river. And then there was the red circle that he drew was, I guess, the point where they figured that the calamity was going to happen. So they had pretty much figured out that somebody was going to poison the water supply for London. Yeah. And they were going to do it in the sewers. So that's why Holmes was like, we have a map of the sewer. We should be able to figure this out. And I'm, the whole time my skin's crawling, I'm like, oh, my God, they're going down in the fucking shit. They're traipsing through poopy. Yep. So they're, like, chasing this guy through the sewers. And they eventually get to this spot where they think it's the red circle on the map. It was just crazy and creepy, the, the imagery of like wastewater and stuff like rushing down these waterfalls in there and all these old fucking lost tunnels and like lost rail lines and stuff and the croco gator oh yeah and they knew they were getting to the right spot because you're right they crocodile they mentioned it earlier in the story was there was a crocodile that had been stolen from the zoo or something well they fucking found it somebody had tied it up into the sewers to be a guard dog and it almost ate them but uh they eventually figure out where the the red circle on the map is. They find a doorway that leads down into this service area. That's when they they see like that the water main for the whole fucking city is in this room, and they're like, it wouldn't take much to be able to crack that open and put something in the water supply. Quite reminiscent of Batman Begins. Kind of, yeah. Because we gotta add more fucking pop culture references to this yeah. episode. 
But eventually they f- they find that it is that Roehampton dude, and he's got a, a lab set up down there, and he's there's all these crazy, these creepy, weird fish scale people that he's drawing the blood out of. Yeah, he's draining he's, like fucking hobos and shit. Yeah, he's like pulling all their blood out, and he's like distilling some clear liquid out of the blood, and it's some sort of mutagen or something, and they're gonna put it in the water and turn everybody into these fish people. And then Holmes is like, "Why are you still wearing that wax mask or something?" And that's why his face looked all fucked up because he had some weird mask on his face gross i know and then he just like fucking his fucking shit peels off like red skull right he looks like he's a fish man or something underneath of it see every time i'm like oh this sounds like cthulhu to me and you're like no it's a fish yeah no this it's like an amphibian the insmith people are more like an amphibian yeah there's more gods than just cthulhu i know but cthulhu's the one i know the best and it sounds cool and creepy god damn it But yeah, so the, the guy's plan is that he's going to infect the water supply and like turn all everybody into fucking fish people and they're going to go off and live with the fucking old god in this ocean, in the ocean. Ochin, ochin. Yeah. And they stop him. Yeah, there's a big fucking fight and Roehampton gets away and they're trying to chase him back down the sewers. And and he's shooting at him with the Gatlin gun. Right. They're like, fuck, we can't let this guy get to the river because I guess the sewers dump out into the river because that's healthy. Well, there there was an overflow pipe or something that broke off and went to the Thames. Right. So he was trying to get to that so he could jump out into the water. And Holmes is like, so what? It goes into the river. Big deal. And he's like, dumb shit. He's a fucking fish man. <laughs> He's going to jump into the river and swim to the ocean, and we'll never see him again. Well, we will, but... Right, it'll be too late. We'll all be turned into fish people. Damn straight, Skippy. Yeah, so anyway, they turned the corner, and the fucking... The guy ran right into his guard dog, Crocodile, and the Crocodile ate his ass up. The Crocogator went, Nom! Mm-hmm. And that, that was the end. The end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, when you were first like, Oh my god, this might be the best story so far, I was like... Yeah, and I was only like halfway through. I wasn't even, I had just gotten to the sewer part. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, then the sewer part, and I'm like, holy shit, this is the fucking best thing I've read in this book so far. I still like Wavy Black Dagger more. Most. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it's like one and two. They're, those are the two best stories in this book, in my opinion. It's hard to rank them, isn't it? A little yeah. bit, because they're damn good, both of them. I agree yeah. with you. This one is damn motherfucking good dude yeah and i'll be honest with you my score just went up a little bit on it yeah and i mean it it feels the most like a complete story like an adventure story not just Uh, yes not just a long conversation you know and not even that there's no real dangling threads where it's like and then what was the worm about right or and then what did this fucking mean it's like i don't know what do you think right it felt there was a complete beginning middle and end and this is one of the longer ones we've read too oh my god it was so long i was i started it i had gotten the first one read like last week i was like aha i'm gonna get way ahead on this and then i started reading this one and i was like holy fuck dude it's like 40 pages long <laughs> So that might add to the reason why it feels like a complete story because it's For sure. a complete fucking story. For sure. It, yeah, that's what I mean. It's definitely got way, way more meat on it than any of the other stories have had. But yeah, I do. I agree with you. This is, for me, it's number two. Yeah, I think it's so. probably number one for me and Wavy yeah. Black Dagger is probably number two. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I hope your scores reflect that. Yeah, but the big thing about this story was, and I didn't even mention it, was that the shipment of those people that were all bandaged up, Mm -hmm. that shipment came from Innsmouth Mm -hmm. in America, which... Massachusetts. 
yeah, as we've discussed, my favorite Lovecraft story is Shadow Over Innsmouth. Which, yeah, when I finished it the other day, I was like, I know why that's your favorite fucking story. <laughs> and you're like, well, I mean, part of it, but... Yeah, that definitely helped. But yeah, so he shipped over these volunteers from Innsmouth to drain their blood out to make his serum to turn everybody into fish people. Fish monsters. Yeah. Want to go down to the wharf? Be a fucking mm. monster for me? Mm-hmm. And he did it, and the, the that Roehampton guy was an American. He had an American accent, you know? Yeah, so he talked a little bit like this. Yeah, but he went to London to do it because London is the center of trade in the world still at this time, you know? Yeah. So everything goes through London. Oh, wait, sorry. Actually, he probably talked like this. He might have. Like a robot. Mm-hmm. But anywho, yeah, it was still the center of trade at the time. Right. So he was going to infect London first, and then all those people would be an army to infect the rest of the world. Fucking A. Or take over the world. I don't remember exactly his plan. I think he just wanted to get rid of humans and make the world, you know, insmithy. Yeah. So they could all evolve because his whole thing was like, humans suck. They're weak-ass, pasty bitches. Mm-hmm. Look at my fish belly, white belly. <laughs> and shit. So yeah, damn good story. It was uh, a damn good story. Do you want to get into numbers now? Yeah, we can do that. Do you need a rundown of your previous scores? Yeah, well, just tell me what I think I know. Uh, I need I need it for the for the first story we read. I think I already have a score for the second one. What am I doing now? Just a quick rundown of mine so far. In the order that they've happened, so look at your list of the stories. I'm not saying mm-hmm. all the stories. Six, seven point seven five nine. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fuck, dude. Come on. You're not gonna give me the names of the stories? Okay, hold on. I'm doing it in order. I thought we were gonna do it real quick. Let's do it real quick. Okay, 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 okay go. A study in Emerald was. No, six. I'm, I'm looking at the list now. You don't. You have to do motherfucker! The names. I'm gonna pop you in the nose. <laughs> six, seven point seven five, nine, eight point two five, seven, seven point two five, eight, and eight point seven five. Hmm. So you give Mystery of the Worm eight point two five. I gave it an eight point five. There you go. Our scores are really tight. Yeah. And Hangman's Puzzle, you gave nine and a half. That's what I gave it too. Did you? Yeah. I just I have I just can't give anything a perfect ten yet. I gave Wavy Black Dagger a perfect ten. Yeah. And this is almost as good. I will say this: I do like that my uh, average has jumped way the fuck up after this week. Oh yeah. I mean, everything's above an eight this week. Yeah. And see, before I I mentioned an episode or two ago that I was like, it really seems like I don't fucking like this book. No. After this, that's gone. Yeah. Because it's like, whoa. Yeah, now the next two will probably suck dog dick, but... No, I can almost promise one of them will not. Next week is going to be the uh, week that I've been anticipating the most. Oh, really? Which one? Who's that? Well, next episode, our stories are The Horror of the Many Faces by Tim Lebon or Lebon or whatever the fuck his name is. Uh Uh-huh. And The Adventure of the Arabs Manuscript by Michael Reeves. Michael Reeves, again, is one of my favorite fucking Star Wars authors. Oh, that's right. That's right. I knew they were, yeah, I knew we talked about this before. I just didn't know who was coming up. Yeah, but again, Tim wrote a good Star Wars novel, but Michael Reeves is one of my favorite. He wrote on uh, Batman the Animated Series. He wrote a bunch of Star Wars novels that I fucking loved. Oh, he's also one of the editors on this book. Yes, he was. Yep. So I have high expectations for next week, and one of the editors on this book did a damn good job, so Mm -hmm. let's hope the second one does too. Yeah. But oh yes, 
I really hope I come in with all plus eights next week, too. Yeah, yeah, I hope so, too. The Hanged Man story was like, uh, that's, this, that's the first one that we've read so far. Yeah. Well, the Wavy Black Dagger, I think I read in one sitting because it's pretty short. Yeah. But this one, I, I actually was like going off into the other room to like keep reading it because I was like, I got to fucking finish this. This is really good. Like I couldn't yeah. put it down. Yeah. And these two stories are both under 30 pages, so that's good. The next two. Oh, that's very good. But yeah, we're definitely over the halfway point now. Mm-hmm. I gotta ask, how are you feeling? A whole lot better than I was. <laughs> whole lot better than you were like fucking two, three episodes ago, huh? Yeah, it's definitely on an upswing. Yeah, like way big time. Yeah. I was getting nervous there for a minute, I'll admit. Yeah, there was a couple, there was some shaky bits in there, but it, it's definitely going uphill now. Yeah. That's good to hear. And you were right. The episode before last, you were like, one of these days our fucking periods are going to sink. They're pretty much in sync. Yeah. So you got that. <laughs> That's right. Good for me, I guess. Yeah, you predicted that, you fucking bastard. Anyway, um, time for thank yous? Yeah, time for thank yous. Thank yous, as per usual, go to at the J Sarge for our opening music and at Sherry Archinoff for our logo for this and the other two shows. And for the intro, thanks go to at T-E-S-D Groupie and for making all this possible at G-G-A-M-K-3-0. That is G-I-G-I-A-M-K-3-0 on the Twitter. Yep. Thanks, guys. As for our shit, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud. Find everything we do at nerdblitz.com. Uh, we'll skip the red bubble this time, but get yourself some extra audio by going to tsdjaproductions.bandcamp.com and get H.P. Lovecraft's In the Vault. That's a good tie-in to this series of book club, gang. Mm-hmm. Why am I fucking stumbling and slurring so much? I don't know. You're drunk. Drunk. I never loved your mother. Mm-hmm. Nor you fucking kids. You're alive, little bitches. Anyway, yeah, Bandcamp. H.P. Lovecraft's In the Vault is a good tie-in to this series of book club. Correct, sir. Other than that, I'm at the Scooby-Doom. You are? At Fitzman73. And together on both the Twitter and the Instasham, we are at NerdBlitzPod. Anything else you need to say about these two stories or excitement for next week? I hope I didn't hype up Michael Reeves' talent too far. Oh, me too. No, got nothing else. I think I've talked myself to death. I will be so disappointed if he fucking shits the bed next week. (laughs) (laughs) And trust me, I'll say so too. I know. But until next time, gang, when we come back with more of Shadows Over Baker Street. Bookmark. (coughs) Oh, fuck, I choked. (laughs) (laughs) pube (laughs) bookmark it (laughs) leave it my stumbling and you're fucking choking on a pube (laughs) okay oh god this has been a feature of jj2e media and tsdja productions